Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, like my wife said, Happy New Year. Um, I don't know what you did for your New Year's, but we celebrate it by blowing stuff up at our house, so my entire cul-de-sac looked like a war zone. And a few of my neighbors came out to enjoy it. None of my neighbors came out to clean it, okay? So the Peterson kids were out there the next day mopping up and cleaning everything up. But it's fun. It's fun to celebrate, and it's a new beginning. And, you know, on Christmas Eve, I had shared in, in, in a message prior about how our time is literally divided in half in the world based on the life, the, the birth of Jesus Christ. And he's not just a, a figurehead of faith. He is God. And when you read throughout the scriptures, God has a plan and God has principles and ways. And part of understanding and getting to know God is simply opening the Bible, which is God's word to you, and it's a, it's a redemptive love story. And just as God used people throughout time and history to redeem that which was lost, I really believe that a word of the Lord for our church for 2022 is redemption. And the word redeem, the root word of redemption, the word redeem literally means to buy back, to repurchase. And some would say, well, what is, why does God need to buy back? Well, because when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he blessed that and that was good. Adam and Eve, as we know the story, they had the football and they fumbled, all right? And, uh, and then Jesus came, he picked it up and carried it across the goal line that we would never have to fumble again, okay? And so to redeem literally means to buy back. In Webster's Dictionary, it says this. When you look up the word redeem, Webster's Dictionary says to free from what harms us, to set free from captivity by payment of ransom, and to release from blame or debt. That's in Webster's Dictionary, to redeem. And then it goes on to say, literally, to free from the consequences of sin. Kid you not, look it up in Webster's Dictionary. That's what it says, to redeem. And I believe that God is placing his hand on us as a church and you individually to walk with a redemptive story that you would be redeemers. God at one point raised up a man named Moses and he helped to redeem the children of Israel. God at one point raised up a woman named Esther for such a time as this and she was used to help protect and redeem the children of Israel. And I believe God's hand is upon you and me and our church to see people redeemed and come to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I'm believing for big things for this year. Amen. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. <laughs> the Redeemer is here. So 2022, I believe, is going to be a redemptive year for you. And I believe that that's a word of the Lord for us as a church. And I want to encourage you, take that, hold on to that, speak that, pray that, confess it. When you feel agitated in your spirit, no, I'm redeemed of the Lord. I have peace that surpasses understanding. When you feel attacked in your finances, no, my finances are redeemed of the Lord because I honor the Lord and put him first. When you feel attacked in certain areas, dreams and visions of your life, no, my, my life has been redeemed of the Lord. I'm going to dream again. And I believe that the new season is here because the Redeemer is here. So I want to start, we're starting this new year off with a series that we titled Visioneering, which is simply engineering our lives around God's vision. You know, God has a purpose for your life. Some people, that, that, their mind is blown by that thought. But I have a question for us as we start today. 
And it, and it really is foundational to how you read and interpret the scriptures. There's, the, there's, there's, there's a, a basic law in hermeneutics in terms of hermeneutics and stuttering, studying the Bible. And in, in hermeneutics, one of the laws of hermeneutics is that scripture interprets scripture. Meaning that if you just see it one time, you better not hang your entire doctrine on that. But if you see it multiple times and you begin to understand the ways of God and his nature, then you can say, oh, that's, that's, that's good doctrine. That, that, I, can, I can take that, I can hang my hat on that, and I can believe that. So my question to us all this morning is, do you believe that God wants to bless you? If you really believe that. And I hope your answer is yes. And some of you may, may say, well, in theory, I believe God wants to bless people, but I don't know if he wants to bless me. And I want to show you some things in scriptures today that I think are going to just shine a light on that and remind you God does want to bless you, but God has certain patterns and ways of which he releases blessing upon his children. So for instance, so um, my wife and I, we've been married, it'll be 20 years this spring, y'all. So 20 years, been kissing those lips, and only those lips. And so for 20 years we've been married, and I really believe God blessed my marriage when we came together and we had that moment at the altar. And, and I believe God still wants to bless my marriage. Would most people agree, yeah, God wants to bless your marriage, right? Okay. Are there certain things that I could do that could rob myself of the blessing of that marriage? Absolutely. There are certain things that any spouse could do that could rob them of purity and holiness and beauty and blessing in our marriage. We understand that. There are certain things that you and I can do unknowingly that can rob us of the blessings, the redemptive blessings that we find in the scriptures. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna unpack some stuff so if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to the book of Exodus and we're gonna take a look in Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13 and we're gonna pick it up at verse one and God's having a conversation with Moses. Let me just give you the quick backstory on what happened here. So the, books of, the book of Exodus is literally about the children of Israel exiting Egypt. They're like, peace, I'm out of here. Mic drop, let's go. We served here long enough, okay? And so they, they ended up going there. Long story short, you can read about it in Genesis that led them to Exodus. But long story short, the people of Israel, God wanted to bless and called them, them to himself, and he raised up this redeemer guy, Moses. Moses has a moment, and the Lord spe speaks to him and says, I'm going to send you back to the children of Israel, and you're going to be an instrument for me. And so Moses goes back, and, and basically he has the, the moment where he's going to Pharaoh and, and let my people go, and Pharaoh says no. Let my people go, and Pharaoh says no. And let my people, and then finally Pharaoh's like, uncle, the firstborn sons are all dead. I say yes, get out of here, and here's gold for your journey. And so the children of Israel exit Egypt, and they're going out into the wilderness, and they, they go through, they part the Red Sea, and everything's awesome. And the first thing the Lord does is right here. You're going to hear something today, and again, I want you to think about first, in terms of the biblical law of hermeneutics, there is, there is a, there's a principle of firsts that we see throughout the Bible. 
for instance, not to fully regress here, but I'm just going to uh, just, just share this with you. The first mention of blood in the Bible, when you read that, that talks about life. Then there's preciousness to life, and that life can only be redeemed through blood. When you hear about the first mention of forgiveness, when you hear about the first mentions in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, the first time that it men- mentioned, that's called the principle of first. And when you study the Word of God, and you take that principle of first, and you ask God, how does this apply to my life? You'll start to see things in a new way. So Exodus 13, verse 1, so the Lord said to Moses, consecrate, which is, means simply to set apart, consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both man and a beast, is mine. Okay, that... The, the, the Hebrew, when, when the Lord says something's his, <laughs> he means it. It means it's not yours. It means it's not mine. It means it's his. That, that language there, if you go and look it up in the Hebrew, it's like if you came and asked me, can, can I have your wife for a night? Uh, no, she's mine. Like, it's that emphatic. Uh, hey, uh, I, I, I want to have, I don't have any kids. Can I have one of yours? No, they're, they're, they're mine. That's literally like, that's how serious the Lord is. That like, no, those are mine. And just as my wife is holy to me, as my kids is a holy blessing to me, the Lord's saying, no, 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 that, that's mine. And when you think about all the things the Lord could have told the children of Israel when they just came out of bondage, just came out of 400 years of slavery, just watched the Red Sea part before their eyes, and we know that what happens in the Old Testament is a type of things that happen in the New Testament, and the story of the children of of Israel coming out of Egypt is similar to you and I coming out of a life of sin that was apart from God, and we came to know Christ, and now we're in Christ. We know that to be a type of that. And of all the things God could have said, he didn't say, all right, you've exited, be strong and courageous. He did not say, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. He did not say, sing a new song unto God. You know what he reminded them of? He said, the firstborn is mine. That there was something so holy to God that as his blessings came upon the people, he wanted them to remember who he was, what he did, and how important they are to him. Because he has just this crazy love for you and for me and for his people. There's principles throughout the scriptures. So the first. Then Exodus, it goes on in, in verse 12. It says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break it. Its neck, which that sounds really harsh. I know that, especially for you animal lovers in the room. Basically, the Lord's saying it's it's not going to be any good for you anyway. So if if you don't redeem that, you might as well break it, its neck because it's not going to do you any good. For every firstborn among of man among your sons, you shall redeem. Why? Why is the Lord putting such an emphasis? On this, the first thing he could say, (laughs) I mean, it just kind of is mind blowing. Why are you making such a point? Because the Lord knows how quickly that they could forget how powerful he is and how precious that we are to him. In the first point, I got four points today that I want to kind of pull out of the scriptures and felt like the Holy Spirit really had me camp out on. Um, The first one is that the firsts are holy, the firsts are holy unto God. 
Point number two, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. This is the law, but it's also a principle. So good question would be, uh, sacrifice to redeem. Jeff, how do I know what I sacrificed and how do I know what I used to redeem? Right, that's a good question. In the categories of animals, according to God's eyes, there's really only two categories. I know, you know, to scientists, they have all these, you know, you memorize, the, you know, your man mammals and your animals and this, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we, we learn these things in biology. In the eyes of the Lord, there was really two classifications of animals. They were either clean or they were unclean. Like, I mean, really simple. And so a clean animal would have been the lamb. The unclean animal would have been a donkey, right? That would have been unclean. So that which was clean could redeem that which was unclean. And I know some of you are already going ahead of me in the message. The firstborn that was clean had to be sacrificed. The firstborn that was unclean must be redeemed. So here's an illustration. When, when we are born, are we clean or are we unclean? We're unclean, right? Any of you have kids? I know, I, I, I know all of us, if you have a child in this room, you did not need to tell them how to sin. You did not need to tell them how to do wrong, okay? As kids, we kind of find out how to do wrong all by ourselves. We're good at doing wrong, right? And so what a good parent needs to teach their kids, the first thing isn't, you're so beautiful and amazing. You just, no, don't stick your finger in that. Don't touch that. That's hot, right? You know, it's like one of the best things a kid can learn as a child is the word no because we have a propensity to sin. So we were not clean when we were born. We were unclean. Jesus was clean. So the clean sacrificed himself to redeem the unclean. That's the story of the gospel, and, and it's right here before us in Scripture. So the clean had to be sacrificed so that the unclean could be redeemed. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the firstborn among the brothers. Uh, when, when the children of Israel come out and, the, and God begins to, as, as he's leading them, begins to lead them to different cities, and they were to conquer those cities, and then the first city that they came to was the city of Jericho. Remember this battle, right? Going around it seven times. Worship team's out there. Kara and Hannah are out there and they're doing their dance and singing their songs and worshiping. And then all of a sudden they lift up a shout and the walls fall down. And the Lord says, all of the silver and all of the gold bring into the temple. Bring it to the house of the Lord, right? Bring it into the tabernacle. That's mine. Why did the Lord say all of that? Because it was the first city. Because the first fruits are holy. Firsts are holy unto God. The first portion was the redemptive portion. The firstborn was the redemptive portion. You don't have to have faith when God says, give me the firstborn among the lambs. You don't have to have faith for the tenth lamb that gets born. You gotta have faith for that first one and that there's gonna be another few that are gonna be born, right? There's gonna be more that are gonna be born. If, if you have one lamb and that lamb has a child and it's, like, it's birthing season, all right, this is, the first, this is the firstborn of all the lambs. That lamb was holy and set apart to God. The firstborn among your donkeys had to be redeemed with the sacrifice of the lamb. That which was clean, redeemed. That which was unclean. The first portion is the redeeming portion for the rest. And when we give our first 10% 
to God, that redeems the 90%. I don't have to have uh, faith when it comes to giving God the last 10%. It's the first 10% that we have to have faith on. So what, is, what does that look like? So if, 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 if you were to uh, work for me, I, have, uh, I owned a roofing company back in Texas, okay? So I had a construction company, and I would do a project. And let's say you hired me to do a roof for your house, and, and so I'm going to do it. And, uh, and so I do it, and then I, I calculate, well, my, my building materials were this cost, and my price of 4 by 4s and OSB went up like 100% in the last few months, and uh, this cost went up, et cetera, and I figure out, okay, out of this amount of dollars that came in, I had this amount that I had to pay for these workers, I had this amount that I had to pay for uh, that material and this labor and this oops and whatever, and at the end of the job, let's say afterwards I had $1,000 that, that was left over. That would be my profit, right? And so out of $1,000, if, if, if you'd looked at there'd be 10 $100 bills, okay? If I laid out 10 $100 bills right here, that's 10 $100 bills, that's 1,000, okay? That's my profit. Okay, what's, what's 10% of, of 1,000? $100, quick math, you guys are so sharp today. And so, but my question is this, what, what, which one of those $100 bills is the tithe? The first one, not the first one I got, it's the first one I give. Because I just got a thousand, boom, that's what's left over. The first one that leaves my hands, that's the tithe. The first one that leaves our hands, that's the tithe. The third point that I want to make is the first fruits had to be offered. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, this is hundreds of years after the law was given that we just read about in the book of Exodus. Hundreds of years after the law was given, the book of Proverbs gets written, the book of wisdom. In Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The first fruits must be offered. One thing to know about if you study throughout the scriptures, again, this is the principle of first, okay? And, and one of the reasons that I feel like the Lord put on my heart to really share this today is because in Hosea it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, Right? And, and some people, they, they, they feel like they just get started in their walk with God and then something goes wrong. Or they get started with giving and living a generous life and then they feel like they're on the defense and they're like just trying to keep plates spinning, right? And, and they never get out of it. And, and, and trust me, we're going to have times of tribulation. We're going to have challenges. Jesus said, it's not like you, you give a tithe and it's your, it, everything's going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows, okay? That's not what he's saying. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, he said to the Pharisees, that one thing that you do, tithing, that's actually one of the only things you do good. <laughs> that's what he said. You can go look it up and read it more. But when you study the scriptures, when you study the principle that there's something holy to God when it comes to our first. There's something holy to the first of your day. Starting out early morning risers, come on, every successful person I know, they start their day early morning. I have yet to meet a successful person that is not an early starter of their day. I just haven't met them. They may exist, maybe they exist now because they got tons of money, they don't got to wake up early anymore, but there's something holy about that holy hour of starting your day, giving God the first of our day. There's something holy about giving God the first of our week and not neglecting the gathering together of the saints on a Sunday morning. Sundays... A lot of people think Mondays are the first of the week. Sunday's actually the first of the week. Did you know that? 
So Sundays, we have this day off, and we come into the house of God, and we honor the Lord. There's something holy about honoring him with the first of our week, the first of our finances. If you, look, if you were to look in Fauna and I's bank account, anytime there's a deposit that comes in, the next line is a, a debit to Authentic Church. And we've lived that way for over 20 years. This principle of, of tithing and putting God first was something that I had the most incredible pastors in my life that shared with me. And, and I, I just want to take any pressure off of anybody. We're not doing an offering at the service. We're not going to pass the buckets to the end of service. We're not going to do anything like that, okay? I'm simply sharing a principle that we see throughout the scriptures that says, dedicate to me that which is first. And when you put God first in every area of our lives, not just finances, when you put God first in your marriage, when you put God first in your in, 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 your, in your mornings, in your day, in your week, in your relationships, when you seem to put God first, everything else starts falling into place. Exodus 23, 19, the best of you, the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord. So the tithe always comes to the house of the Lord. Now, do we give offerings and different things? Yes, Absolutely. For us, Israel, that is an offering to the Lord. That's seed that's above and beyond my tithe that Fawn and I set aside to bless that nation. There's different ministries that Fawn and I have a heart for. There's people and, and organizations that we love to support on a monthly basis. Those are seeds that we sow, and that's an offering that we give to the Lord. That's not, that's not my tithe. Like, uh, I remember one time we were doing a, a fund at, at our church and, and kind of like our Heart for the House campaign that we did back in December, and we were raising money because we were going to get some airtime for television because our youth group was just exploding. We had over 2,000 young people gathered together at our church. It was bananas. And so we, the pastor had the idea, hey, what can we do if we could actually buy some time on major television at like 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock or even 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning when all these partiers are getting home? What if we had our youth group that was on there and ministering to like all these kids that are partying it up and they come home and they flip on the TV back when you only had 13 channels? Now you got like a bazillion, right? You know, but what could we do? And so I remember, and in, in, now I didn't bring our tithe and say, hey, this is our tithe and it's going to the TV channel. No, the, the TV channel stuff was the offering. The tithe was just, this was our increase, this was our tithe. The TV channel, that was above and beyond. That was an offering that we gave to the Lord. Does that make sense? And so the tithe is always to the Lord. The first, it comes to the house of the Lord. And notable, if you go and actually study through the scriptures when it comes to the tithe, there's only two aspects of the tithe that the Lord recognizes. Uh, one of the words he does not use to describe when we, when we bring our tithe is giving the tithe. Because we can't give something that's, that's ours. <laughs> right? We bring the tithe because it's his. You can either bring it or you can steal it. And I know that sounds like harsh words, but that's literally what it says in the scriptures. You either bring the tithe to the Lord or you steal the tithe and rob from God. That's harsh language, but that's, that's, how, that's how holy the principle is. That's how holy that is. And I just want to encourage you to look through the scriptures. Go back to Cain and Abel. A lot of people have questions. Well, why did the Lord accept Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering? Great question. That's a great question. Cain and Abel, they're in the Old Testament, in the book of uh, Genesis, in the book of Genesis chapter, I think it's four, it says, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering 
of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. And that drove Cain to hate Abel. This is what the Lord's saying here. He said, in the course of time, Cain brought. So what does that mean? Was that the first fruits? No. In the course of time, kind of when he got around to it, Cain brought an offering of the ground. Abel brought the firstborn. And God regarded his offering as holy, but Cain's not. That's how serious the Lord treats that. And the Lord is placing things in our hands as believers that we are called to steward over. But he always says, the first, the first are mine. You want to see breakthrough like crazy in your family, in your business, and things that you're praying for? I'm telling you, when you honor the Lord and give him your first in every year, not just the tithe, the tithe is a big component of it. I'm talking the first of your life. You will see breakthrough. I've known people for years that live for Christ and they would give a little here or there and they'd kind of serve some time and not serve. And it just felt like the wheels never got going. And it's because the, the Lord, the, if you study it out through scriptures, he brings blessings and then there's curses that we bring on ourselves. The curse that comes on you causes things to break down faster than you'd want them to break down. The blessing that comes on you means that, you know what, sometimes your car might last longer than you thought it would last or what it's supposed to last or that tire that did not blow out. There's so many ways that the Lord protects you with his blessings that are tied to the tithe. And again, I'm not saying that we're never gonna have issues. This isn't like the silver bullet, you tithe and then there's nothing. That's not what I'm saying. And I also wanna just encourage you with this. Don't be legalistic about it. It's a, it's a heart position. It's a heart position that says, I am honoring you, Lord, like I... I love you, and I trust you, and man, you've given me so much, it's the least that I could do. I, I, I give you the first of my day. It's, 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 it's a joy to wake up and start my day praising and worshiping you. It's, it's a heart position. You know, if, if sometimes, you know, when, when life is busy and, you know, I'm going here and Fawn's going there, sometimes we've received a check or a deposit, and, and, and I, I forgot to tithe that, that morning. I didn't even realize what day it is. I didn't know that money was coming in, et cetera, because we have some people that give us some gifts at different times. And, and so, uh, you know, and I look, and, you know, Fawn went to, you know, Trader Joe's. Well, I'm not like, babe, you've cursed our finances. You know, it's like, okay, that's legalism, okay? I just go, oh, man, I forgot to, okay, let's do that tonight. Let's, let's do that tonight. Let's honor the Lord tonight. For me personally, I know there's some people in the room here where you have it set up on the, uh, on the automatic giving. Like some of you have that like two weeks deal where you just do the automatic giving. Um, one, of, one of my friends is like that. It's just it's on, on that, that, the 15th and the 30th of the month. He just has it. It's, it's just a direct withdrawal that comes in and boom, it's out. He doesn't even see it. I personally, I think that's great. Me personally, I love something about clicking the button and saying I gave you know, that I gave, I returned the tithe. There's, there's something about it where I just like doing it. That's me. You do you, boo. Okay, I do me, okay? But it's, it's the first. It's honoring the Lord with the first. And again, going back to where we all started, the donkey, break its neck. Why? Because it's not gonna be good to you anyway. And, and one of the things, too, when it comes to tithing is sometimes we think, well, I'll tithe when I have more money. Anybody ever said that to God? <laughs> you know? Lord, I'll give if you'll bless me if I have more money. 
And then Jesus, one day, we see him, we see him in the New Testament. He's got his disciples, and he's hanging out at the synagogue, and he's just standing by the offering box. And he's watching as everybody comes down. He says, what'd you put in? Okay. What'd you put in? Jesus is doing this. And his disciples are standing there. Talk about uncomfortable if you have God just staring at you, <laughs> going past the offering. But you're like, oh my God, I don't know. You can take it all, right? And there's the widow with two mites. And I can just picture it. And she just comes up. And there's the young rabbi, Jesus, 30-something years old. She comes and takes two out. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, look at this. He didn't draw attention to anybody else but her. He said, guys, I want you to look at this. She gave more than all those rich people that you saw. She gave more. That's holy. Like the Lord looks at our lifestyle, our time, our talents, our resources. Those are holy. That's holy to God. That's holy to God. So Cain and Abel, they have the offering. And number four, the fourth point, the tithe must be first in our lives. Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. You know, if, if we wait, like going back to that analogy of the 10 $100 bills, if, if I were to pay the mortgage company or the cell phone company first, by the time I get down, uh, oh, I don't have much left over for you, Lord. The Lord wouldn't want it from me anyway because he wants a cheerful giver. And if I just give to the Lord something I got left over, it's like when he says give the firstborn to the lambs. It's not like after you have 10 lambs, give me the one that you don't like, the ugly one that's getting into your bushes and your fruits and vegetables all the time in your garden. I'll take that one. Actually, the Lord says in Malachi, uh, in the book of Malachi, um, chapter 3, thank you, Riv, Chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. This is the Lord. He's talking to the children of Israel through Malachi. But they say, How have we robbed you in your tithes and your contributions? And then it goes on to say, You're cursed with a curse. You're bringing it on yourself. For you're robbing me. The, all, the, all of you guys are. That's what the Lord's saying to the children of Israel. And then in verse 10, he gives them this promise and also invites them. He says, Test me. You want to try me? Try me. He's like, Bring it. He says this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not, open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. Just because you tithe doesn't mean that you're going to be riding in, you know, big black cars and Benz and friends and jets and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I hope that happens. I hope you experience that sometime in your life. If that's one of your dreams, the Lord delights in giving you those types of blessings to his children. As long as your soul prospers more than you financially prosper, right? He wants to prosper as your soul prospers. But in, in, in honoring him, in bringing it first, he says, I'll, get, I'll take care of all your needs. I don't know of any person that ties that their needs haven't been met. Sometimes in Fawn and I's marriage, man, I did some stupid stuff financially, okay? I invested when I shouldn't have invested. I got into debt and over-leveraged myself. Some of you know what that's like. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, one day I'm 40 grand up and the next day I'm 20 grand down, you know? And it's like, well, I'm bouncing around. And I've, I've done some stupid stuff in our lives. But off all of our increase, despite my stupidity, the Lord took care of the needs of my family. 
And some of you, you might be sitting here and you might be saying, I want to honor the Lord. I really do in my heart. But man, I just don't know how, where, what. I don't, money from heaven. I'm telling you, the Lord says, test me in this. Put him first. When we put him first, see the miracles that come. And when we, when we, when Fauna and I were tithing in our marriages, there were some times where we had to reprioritize some things. <laughs> there were some things that I really thought that we really needed that was not a need. According to scripture, that was not a need. But when we take time to really put God first in every area, including our finances, I'm telling you, he will open up the windows of heaven for you. If you feel like you've been struggling financially, I would encourage you to tithe. Now, if you go to some other church, tithe to that church. Tithe to that church. I, I would encourage you, if you're part of Authentic Church, that you tithe to this church and see if God will not open the windows of heaven. I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time again, blessing upon blessing, that people were like, you wouldn't believe it, I started tithing and then this happened. You wouldn't believe it, I started tithing and then this happened. People that I've been praying for got saved. Uh, I got a raise at my job. I didn't know how I was going to make the tithe and then suddenly I started tithing and God gave me a raise. I didn't know how I was going to make it with my business and I did this, that and the other and then suddenly I began tithing and my business grew and my, my personal income necessarily didn't go up, but now I had more than enough to pay for the tithe. This is a principle that you cannot get away from in Scripture. It's the principle of firsts. First things first. So as we start this year off, let's put God first in every area of our lives, in our time, in our talents, and our resources. I'm just going to close out with this last scripture in Exodus. Goes on to say, and we get into verse 14 and 15. And the Lord tells them, now mind you, this is after they left Egypt. This is the first thing the Lord, this is the first conversation that's happening. And we're eavesdropping on that conversation this morning. The Lord says, I want you to do this. The firstborn, they're mine, right? Then the Lord says, there's gonna come a time when your son's going to see what you're doing. And he's going to say, what does this mean? Dad, we're like in the ranching business, and you're like killing our firstborn. <laughs> like, okay. Dad, we're in the fruit business, and our first fruit that we get, the first part of our crop goes away. You know how much money we could make, Dad, if we kept that first lamb and we rebred it? Do you know how much money we could make, Dad, if we took the first of the crop? Like, we don't know what the rest of the season's going to be. And he says... You shall say to him, when, you're, when your son or your daughters come to you, and they say, Mom, Dad, why do you do that? Because by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from that house of slavery. That's when you have that conversation with your kids. That's when you have your conversation with your friends, with your family. You know, we weren't always this prosperous. We, I didn't always uh, have this peace that you see on my life. You know, Daddy... The conversations I've had with my kids, daddy was messed up. I was 20 years old. I was a single dad. I threw my life away into situations and circumstances that, man, I regretted. And here I am trying to put one foot in front of the other. And I get saved. And I'm so grateful that I had a pastor in a church that loved me well. And as I walked out that new life that I had in Christ, and began to renew my mind and started changing my thinking. And I began to see myself as a son of the Most High God. Because going, going back to the first question I asked, does God want to bless you? 
Yes, he does. The greatest blessing that you could ever receive is Jesus, salvation, eternity. That's it. That's the greatest blessing you can ever receive. Everything else is cherry on top, man. And as I began to walk out these principles of putting God first, then the Lord began opening doors and blessed me with the most amazing wife and my kids. And, and as life's gone on, we've had some big wins in business through the years, and the Lord's financially blessed us. But each one of my kids, I can tell them, there was a time, and let me tell you what God did. With a mighty hand, he saved your dad. With a mighty hand, he saved your mom. So I honor him in giving him the first and returning that tithe. So when my kids see that check that gets written or they see the cash that we've put out, and we're very open with our children, we wanted them to learn tithing and generosity at a young age. Because we believe God's a generous God, and we know that generosity unlocks so much blessing in your life. You just can't even contain it. And the Lord says, hey, test me in this. Put me to the test. So I'm going to close out. I'm just going to pray for us today. I just want to ask, what's the Lord speaking to you about? What did the Lord download to you during this message and time in the Scripture today? What is, what is the Lord stirring up inside of you? And some of you, maybe you're sitting here and you, you've been tithing, but man, now, now you have even a greater understanding of what it looks like and how redeeming that tithe is, how redeeming the first is, how redeeming that is. And you're, you feel like you're armed with greater knowledge. And some of you sitting in here, you might have been in a church setting that was abusive and manipulative, and your walls just went up as I started talking today. I get that. I've seen that. Some of you sitting here... You feel stirred, but you're kind of wondering, what do I do? And the Lord's going to speak to you, and he's going to share with you. And we're going to put him first in every area of our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, we just ask right now, is there anything that you want to speak to me about today? Is there anything in this message, God, that I need to take and apply into my own life? You're the Redeemer, Lord. Lord. And so show me different areas of my life that you want to redeem. Show me in my finances what you want to redeem. Show me in my family what you want to redeem. And Lord, I just pray for every person here under the sound of my voice, God, that if they've been maybe walking in some negative words that have been spoken over them, words like, you're never going to make it. You'll always struggle. That's your lot in life. It's just going to be that way. God, I pray that you would just break off those lies over people. Break off those lives that they're always going to struggle. Break off those lives that it's always going to be difficult. Break off those lies that they're never going to be able to own a house. Break off those lies, God. I pray in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for supernatural blessings upon your people. God, that you bring blessings, that you long to bless us, that your desire is for us. God, that first and foremost with the relationship with you and as we begin to honor you in every area of our life, God, I pray your blessings just seem to increase. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for your blessing upon the people of this house. God, I pray in their finances, God, that they would have more than enough. And those that are stepping out, God, and when you say test me and they're going to test you, God, I pray, Father, that they're going to see you in a new light. That, that they're, they're going to see you as you are the great provider. They're going to see you as the, the one who blesses. And those that have been financially prosperous and blessed, God, but may be wrestling with this today, 
God, I pray that you're going to take them to another level. I pray that they're going to see things they never saw before, experience new levels of faith in, 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 in their time with you. And God, I thank you for redeeming. I thank you for redemption. God, we give you our worship today. I thank you, God, that the first are holy to you. The firstborn is holy to you. That you've redeemed our lives through Jesus. Thank you that the offerings that we give to you are holy, God. And God, that we wouldn't just give to give. God, that we would give with purpose in the offerings. And Lord, I pray blessing upon the offering that we gave this morning to Israel. I pray, Father, for salvation in that area. God, I pray for the ministries that we're partners with. Lord God, I pray that those ministries would flourish. God, that more people would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They would know Yeshua as Messiah. God, I pray, Father, that you would bless Israel. God, we pray and speak a blessing over Israel in Jesus' name, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as you're blessing your, your children, as the Gentiles are being blessed, God, I pray that it would provoke them to such a point where they desire, I want to know God the way you know God. I want to have a relationship with God the way that you know him. God, I pray for a move of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Lord, speak to us today. And God, give us faith. Give us faith to step out. Give us faith to test you. Give us faith, God. I pray that we would walk as people of faith, children of the light. In Jesus' name. Why don't we just all stand and worship him with this song. If you need prayer for anything this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer. During Kara, while Kara is singing this last song, why don't you just come forward if you need prayer. We're going to have the prayer team come up on both sides. Maybe you're here and you're like, I need prayer in my finances. <laughs> I need to see breakthrough. Come forward. Let's pray. Let's, let's pronounce blessing over your finances. If you're like, I need prayer in my marriage, let's pray blessing in your marriage. If you're saying, I just need a fresh start today and I'm making a decision, I barely made it into the room this morning. You're in a good place. You're in a great spot. Let's pray blessing upon your walk in 2022 that it'll be blessed in Jesus' name. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.